Hello, I'm Lainey Gonzalez, aka The Ecological Badass, and I want to welcome you to my podcast series. Today, I'll be sharing one of my personal tales of adventure. I hope that my story will help you connect to your own internal badass. I'd really love to inspire you to get out into this big, beautiful world and make your own kind of difference. So lace up those hiking boots, grab that day pack, let's get going. The badass is back. And today's story is gonna take you to Tortuguero, Costa Rica. I'm going to share with you my personal experiences, teach you a little bit about green sea turtles, and then end with some ways that you can get involved in helping to save this species. Sound good? Great. Let's get started. Now, believe it or not, this story begins in the candy aisle of a grocery store. I was 25 years old, I was an undergrad at college, and incredibly idealistic. Aww. I was going to single-handedly save the planet, and I would not buy Christmas presents for anyone unless they furthered my objective. The problem was at the time, I had two nieces that were young, and I didn't know what to get for them. Uh-oh. So here I am in the candy aisle and something caught my eye. It seemed out of place. It was a box of chocolate turtle candies, but the box itself was not the weird thing. There was a little advertisement in the corner of the box. I was curious, so I got closer. That ad, was an adopt a sea turtle. Voila, the perfect gift for my two young nieces. I would adopt sea turtles for both of them. So I bought the candy. Yes, I ate the candy. And I sent off for the adoptions. A few days later, the adoption package arrived. Photos, certificates, and a flyer that advertised an opportunity to pay a thousand plus dollars to go down to Tortuguero, Costa Rica and help with research. Now, remember, I was an undergrad at the time and I did not have a thousand dollars to go down to Tortuguero, Costa Rica, but I was shrewd and I was open to opportunities and well, a badass. So now that I knew there was a research station in Tortuguero, Costa Rica, I called the organization at the time, the Caribbean Conservation Corporation, and I asked to speak to the director of research. Well, they put me through to him. He kept me on the phone for about an hour. He asked me lots of questions. He's probably trying to determine whether I was some wacko or I was actually legit. Well, I guess he finally decided I was legit because he said, 
there is another way. We could send you to Tortuguero for three months as a research assistant. We can pay your room and board, but we can't pay your airfare and we can't pay you a stipend. No problem. As an undergrad, I was actually doing research under a grant program. So I approached the grant administrator, sold him on the idea, and he agreed to pay my airfare and pay me a stipend. Bingo. I went to Tortuguero, Costa Rica for three months as a research, uh, research assistant, and I got paid to do it. Didn't get any better than that. I loved it so much that I actually returned the next summer for a month as a volunteer. So this trip to Tortuguero, Costa Rica was my very first time traveling solo outside of the United States. I had a little bit of Spanish under my belt and an adventuresome spirit, so off I went. Now, the road to Tortuguero is not a road. In fact, there are no roads that connect Tortuguero to the outside world. It's either plane or boat, and I opted for boat. Now, this trip was amazing. The boat was winding through the canals. Tropical rainforest enveloped us on both sides. I could hear the sound of cicadas and all kinds of birds. I could feel the dampness setting against my skin. If you've ever been to the humid tropics, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I was lucky enough to spot a basking turtle and I couldn't see them, but my imagination could see American crocodiles lurking just below the surface of the water. We arrived at Tortuguero Village. It was quaint, at least it was in 1991. Because there were no cars, Main Street was a dirt path. Thatched roofed, colorful houses on short stilts to protect them from the rising waters that accompany, accompany, excuse me, tropical downpours lined each side of Main Street. The smell of wet earth filled my nostrils. Yes, there was a small store in Tortuguero Village, but it's a good thing that I arrived prepared because that small store had very few of the items that I took for granted back home. There was also a small national park office, a couple of locally owned restaurants, and a nightclub, yep, a nightclub called the Bochinche. I could hear music, reggae music, coming from the, the um, nightclub and from the houses. Oh, this place was alive. There was a soccer field that dominated the center of the village and that soccer field got used. There were games every weekend. 
and in between. Kids would be out in the village practicing their soccer skills. The place was pumping and I loved it. Now, further downstream was the research station. And this was the place I called home for three months. We were nestled in the rainforest, just a few steps from the Caribbean Ocean. I remember going to sleep each night with the sound of the wind and the feel of the wind and the smell of the sea salt and the sound of waves. Now, this Southern California girl had never experienced thunder and lightning storms until Tortuguero. And I remember being thrilled to see the night light up. I was not so thrilled the one time I was out working the beach and the lightning struck so close that I could feel the hair on my head standing up. A little treacherous. Anyway, the research station was comfortable, but it was rustic. We had cold water showers, good thing we were in the tropics, flush toilets, and let me tell you, if you have not traveled in the third world, then you cannot appreciate what a luxury that is. We did have to do our own laundry and we had to use those old fashioned washboards, right? And we had to hang dry, line dry our clothes. Now, can you imagine? The tropics are moist. It could take up to three days for our clothes to dry enough so that we could wear them. Oh, well, the price we paid. Now, I have heard that that old research station has been replaced by a new one. I guess that's good news for the current volunteers and staff, but it's kind of sad for those of us who, you know, like to wax nostalgic. Aww. Now, my job, my job, was six nights a week, four hours a night. And what did I have to do? I had to walk the beach in search of nesting sea turtles. Sometimes my shift was eight to midnight. Sometimes it was midnight to four. And boy, that late shift, it could get tough. But the reward was I would arrive back at the research station just in time to hear the dawn chorus of the howler monkeys. Now, as I said, we were looking for nesting females. If we spotted one, we would creep up beside her once she started laying her eggs, and we would look for a tag on one of her front flippers. If we didn't see a tag, our job was to attach one. So we essentially used these giant pliers and attached a metal tag with an individual number. Now, don't be alarmed. When she was in the process of laying her eggs, she's kind of in this zone and nothing disturbs her. So yes, you could go up and apply that tag and she would just continue doing what she was doing before. Now, we would record the number for the tag and such important data as date, time, exact location of the nest. Sometimes we would weigh and measure the females to get information on growth rates. Once in a while, we would count eggs as they were dropping into the nest. That's how we know that each time a female 
lays eggs, she lays roughly a hundred eggs. Sounds like a lot, huh? The odds of those eggs surviving to adulthood, not good. Anyway, the uh, project was, has been ongoing since Dr. Archie Carr began the work in 1955. The name of the organization has changed from the Caribbean Conservation to the Sea Turtle Conservancy, but the work has continued unabated. Every night, I felt like I was contributing to something hugely important. Such things as we have learned that not only does a female, a nesting female, return to exactly the same beach from which she was hatched, but she will return to almost exactly the same spot on the beach that her mom chose for her nest. Imagine that. So much has been learned about sea turtle behavior and ecology from this project. If you're curious, I encourage you to visit the Sea Turtle Conservancy website. Now, for my part, I loved my job. Who wouldn't, right? My office was a five-mile stretch of tropical beach that ranged from just south of the Tortuguero village to the place where the Tortuguero River spilled out into the Caribbean Sea. What a special place. Now, the nesting process. Let's talk about that because it's kind of cool. The female emerges from the ocean and using mainly her front flippers, she will propel herself slowly and deliberately up the beach until she finds just the right spot. What justifies or you know, constitutes just the right spot? Nobody knows. But when she does, she'll start digging with all four flippers and she'll make something called a body pit that, yep, you guessed it, is the size of her body, and it actually recesses down below the surface of the sand. Now, once she's got the body pit dug, she'll actually use her back flippers to dig an egg chamber into what she's going to deposit those 100 eggs. It goes something like this. She'll take one flipper and scoop out the sand. The other flipper will act like a broom, wisping away the sand. And then it will scoop while this one wisps. And then this one will scoop while this one wisps. I'll tell you what, sounds simple, but it's kind of the equivalent of patting your head and rubbing your stomach at the same time. It ain't easy. Don't believe me? Give it a try. Oh, wait. See what I mean? Not easy. Anyway, once she has laid the eggs, and the eggs are about ping pong ball size, but they are soft and leathery, which is really a good thing because they're dropping down into that egg chamber. And if they weren't, well, you know, be quite a mess at the bottom of that egg chamber. Oh, gross. Anyway, once she's done laying the eggs, she will cover the nest again using all four flippers and she'll actually use her shell and she'll do this little dance back and forth again, trying to disguise the location of the nest. 
Once she's done, that's it. She returns to the ocean. No more parental care. In fact, it's possible that female will never see her hatchlings again. Speaking of hatchlings, two months later, these little hatchlings emerge from the nest. They come up all at once. It's a strategy for overwhelming predators. And it is amazing to see. Yes, I had the opportunity to see it twice. If you can imagine how incredible it is to see a female sea turtle nesting, it's equally, if not more, impressive to see these little hatchlings make their way out of the nest and down the beach. They kind of hip and hop and scuttle along. It's a treacherous journey because there are predators waiting for them. It's a struggle because there are obstacles along the way. But as tempting as it is to pick them up and help them to the water, mm -mm, it's a no-no. Researchers have come to understand that a couple of important things happen on that journey from nest to water. One, they're building up stamina and boy, are they gonna need it. The other is they're gathering some sort of cues that are gonna help them find their way back to that beach in the future. Now, like I said, I had the joy of seeing sea turtle hatchlings emerge, something I will never forget as long as I live. Now, there were, it was a summer filled with unbelievable experiences, two of which I'm going to mention because they are real standouts for me. One was the first time I ever saw a nesting female. And no, it wasn't a green sea turtle. It was one of the first times I was out on the beach, kind of getting the ropes, right? Learning the ropes. And I saw a nesting leatherback. Now, leatherbacks are huge. They can be up to eight feet long and weigh over a ton. I couldn't believe what I saw. When you come face to face with a leatherback sea turtle, you will never be the same again. And this female really made an impression on me. Now, the other memorable thing, I saw many, many green sea turtles emerge from the ocean. But this one night, I was working the late shift. I was working alone. And I saw a female emerge. So I crouched down in the sand so that I wouldn't alarm her. And I watched and I waited. And something spectacular happened. This female, as she made her way up the beach, absolutely glowed. She had, covering her shell, tiny bioluminescent plankton. Can you imagine that? Spectacular. Like I said, so many memories. And hopefully what I've done here is furthered your passion for sea turtles in general and for green sea turtles specifically. But let me tell you, they're in trouble. Now, here's a little fun fact about sea turtles. They don't have sex chromosomes. Mm -mm. So the thing that determines gender 
is incubation temperature. There is a little window of optimal temperatures for nest survival. And within that window, the two bookends, right? The lower temperatures and the upper temperatures produce females and the middle temperatures males. Well, as you can imagine, as global temperatures continue to climb, what's gonna happen to green sea turtles? Eventually, it could be that that sex ratio gets so skewed towards females that it will be difficult for them to find males to fertilize those eggs. At the same time, rising sea levels that accompany climate change will be taking away valuable and necessary nesting sites. So if you wanna help sea turtles, believe it or not, one of the best things you can do is reduce your carbon footprint. And you can do that by taking small steps. You know, for example, I live in California. We have sunlight just about every day. Now, one of the things I have realized is simply hanging my clothes on the line to dry makes a huge difference in how much electricity I use. I can see that in my bill, and I know it makes a difference insofar as my carbon footprint. Now, there are lots of other ways to help sea turtles. And if you're curious and you want to take it further, I, I beg of you, please visit the Sea Turtle Conservancy website. They got all kinds of opportunities there. In fact, if you are super motivated, you can go down to Tortuguero and be a research assistant as well. Yeehaw! Or you can pay the big bucks and go as a volunteer. It will be an experience you will never forget, guaranteed. Yeah, that's it for me today. Badass, signing off.